0: Who am I? Who am I? I'm Batman. Hello and welcome to I'm Batman, your Bay Area Theater podcast. I am your Bay Area Theater man, Michael Doppi. And I'm here with Keaton Wilkerson. How's it going, Keaton?
1: It's going all right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm sitting in Keaton's uh, in Keaton's work, in his day job. Yeah. Thank uh, you so, so much for coming
1: over here. Yeah. So where are we? We are currently at Lorene Fender's, the ballet school performing arts, and we are down in the music studios right now.
0: Okay. So the ballet school, um, my previous guest was Jennifer Perry, and she oh, talked yeah, nice. all about talked all about the ballet school and how, what it's like working in Walnut Creek and all of that stuff. And you right. you work in the music department teaching? Yes.
1: I teach, I teach voice, piano, and acting as well to okay. little tiny children, basically <laughs> 10 and under.
0: Okay, cool. And um, I teach some of those classes with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, Keaton, ha- uh, who are you? How do people who? know you? Um... Oh, how do people know me? <laughs> um... what, what do you do other than teach... teach piano and voice and all that stuff
1: well other than being a teacher i am a performer i perform primarily like in musicals um the my first entrance into the walnut creek theater scene was five years ago i want to say with uh les Mis with ccmt and that's where i met you yeah that's where we, when we first met so yeah, and I've just been doing local theater, primarily a lot at the Leisure Center with Fantasy Forum, with Center Rep, with CCMT, um, mm-hmm. also OMG at one time, and all that fun stuff. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: um, so you do primarily musical theater, but um, yes. like, where where did you come from? Like, uh, what what started you on this whole bit?
1: Well, I am Bay Area, born and raised. I left for two years to go to down to school. Um, but I started theater back in the first grade. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Little tiny child. So like five,
0: six years old. (laughs) Is that first grade?
1: (laughs) Something like that? I think kindergarten's five? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. (laughs) I feel like I should know this with like working (laughs) with kids around that age, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I started in first grade. It was the summer of first grade going into second grade, actually. And because my school, we did, um, like fairy tale productions. Okay. So, a lot of the times, I was, like, the prince in this show, or I was a chef, or I was a king, like, things like that. Like, little basic fairy tale stories that are the, like, quote-unquote, Disney stories. (laughs) But not Disney because... I mean, they're, they're just classic stories. Disney exactly. is just...
0: Disney just has the marketing budget to right. be known for them. <laughs> exactly.
1: And our productions were very Disney heavily influenced. Okay. But not still not Disney.
0: <laughs> uh, were, were they heavily influenced in the songs that you were singing? Or? They were
1: actually... There were actually no songs. Okay. It was just plays. So I started out with no singing, no dancing. Okay. And... When I was in eighth grade, I thought that I was going to be, like, the next actor. And I'm going to be a serious actor. In eighth grade? Yeah, in eighth grade. All about the drama. And it wasn't until I got into high school that I figured out that I did have a voice, and, like, a singing voice, and I did have a natural ability to dance. So high school is when I really started with musicals.
0: Okay, so wait, um, I'm curious, though, why... Why was it not musicals at first? Like you were talking serious dramatic actor in right before eighth grade. So what are we talking about (laughs) here? What are your what were you reading, watching influences?
1: I went to a private Catholic school. Okay. And so the arts were not a huge influence at that school. And like for example, our, our, we had a play program where okay. we, we did these fairy tale shows, but it was only over the summer and it wasn't contracted through the school. But one of the teachers that teach at the school, he had a passion for the theater arts and he made this program happen. Yeah. Okay. So I only knew about like actual, just like plays. I never really knew what musicals were. Like I... Yeah, I never I just never really knew.
0: So what were you studying at this point in time?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was basically just all academic stuff. Okay. And I
0: like classics like Shakespeare, no, Arthur. Not Miller, even or...
1: I it wasn't even a training program. Okay. It was literally just a this, bunch of kids. This is middle
0: school, right? It was or... middle school
1: and elementary school. Okay. So it was there was no training and it was just <laughs> like everybody that auditioned got a part in the show, even if we were writing if the if the teacher was, like, writing little, like, parts of, like, extra trees, extra bushes, all that type of stuff.
0: What's my motivation for the bush? Uh, You you wave. You catch (laughs) the wind.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, it was very, just, like, it, yeah, it just, it wasn't a training program. Yeah. And it was just... Learn lines, well, get it's, on stage, it's perform extra, it. It's
0: extracurricular and it, it it's right. probably just like a team building, get people together yeah. and keep them off the streets and keep them exactly. in this associating or still doing things that are still attached to the school.
1: Exactly. Kind
0: of keep keep right. that interest.
1: So, exactly. So, that's a lot of what it was. So, it wasn't until I got into high school that I actually started training within dance, music, and theater.
0: And did your school have a pretty good drama program or?
1: The, my high school was actually, I was the second year of a new school that started and it was called Delta Academy for the Performing Arts. And where was this? It was over in Antioch. Okay. And, um, that program has, I think it's still technically running, okay. but it started out as its own school. And we had our own little campus that we shared with a continuation high school and, a uh, preschool okay, <laughs> <laughs> Random group And so we were Like a group of like We called ourselves Basically It's just like the Misfits Where we were all Into the arts But our elementary Middle schools Didn't really have An outlet for that And so we found our way Into this Into this school And they only Were taking like 50 kids each year So With my class coming in We were the next 50 So there was only 100 kids there Wow so it was super tiny.
0: Well, did that work in your favor? was it, it did. more hands-on?
1: It was very, very hands-on because the ratio of like teacher to student was like basically one teacher for five students. Okay. So it was a great learning experience for that first, I would say like two, three years.
0: Did you do productions at that school or was it we just? Did.
1: We okay. did um, well, the original model was that we did, uh, three, three shows a year, like in the first two were like showcases. Okay. And then the last one was a musical. Okay. And so for the first two showcases, it was like a night of just theater, just dance or just music. Okay. And, and a lot of times we like mash them together of like act one is like we do a dan- a little dance show and a little music concert and then we have an intermission and then after that it's a one act. Okay. So it was very much like finding your specialty within the arts and as a freshman and sophomore, you're required to audition for all for every show, and then once you got into um, your junior and senior year, you got to pick more of like where you're gravitating towards. Okay, so
0: like the. The underclassmen are populating the bulk of it, but exactly. the seniors get to kind of pick and choose where exactly. their strengths and strengths are.
1: That, exactly. But with it being a new school, we only had freshmen and sophomores. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of fair picking for everyone. We okay. all had to audition because the they wanted it in the future to be that, <laughs> but we did weren't you, quite there yet. <laughs> did
0: you have some friends who were coming in as underclassmen? You're like,
1: ah, oh, suckers, I, I get it. Exactly. Which was <laughs> so, which was like... I felt kind of bad, but then at the same time I didn't I mean, it's like were, I went through it too. You were pioneers at the time. You exactly. Were, you were setting
0: the precedent for everything. Right.
1: But then the sad thing was that that model kind of went away by my junior year. Okay. So because what ended up happening was that with the incoming of the third class, we were not going to have enough space on our on our shared campus so our school moved over to Deer Valley High School, which was a neighboring high school okay. that had a huge campus. So our school moved over there to so we could grow our program. But with the move over to that school, we had to follow those school's like rules already okay. that were already in place. Yeah. So it took a lot of what we were trying to build and crushed it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so then by basically by the end of my senior year, the program that was Delta Academy for the performing arts was pretty much dissolved into the main campus of Deer Valley.
0: Okay, that's that's sad. Let's yeah. Let's very take. Sad. Let's take a moment. Let's shed a tear, and let's move on. So, <laughs> so uh, what happened next for them? For what you?
1: happened next? I so senior year. I then comes graduation. Then getting ready to go off to school. I decided to not immediately go off sh- straight to a four year because I didn't know what I wanted to do because by this point now in high school that I, I was like, I don't know if acting is going to be like a profession of mine or if it's yeah. going to be a hobby. Yeah. And so not confidently saying that, Oh, I'm going to go off to a four year because I'm going to go into an acting program. Yeah. I decided to go to DVC, Diablo Valley college. And I was there for two years. And then I uh yeah, so I was there for 2 years and I did a lot of great theater there and that's where my like career really started.
0: So you you took the breaks in order to figure out what was happening because mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to sign up for a 4-year college and then right. decide oh I this I want to actually pursue mechanical engineering and this isn't <laughs> exactly. the school for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so sure. within those 2 years at DVC you yeah. Did you take any other classes besides theater classes at TVC or?
1: I took the general ed classes. Okay. And I didn't really take (laughs) the effort to like try other things outside of theater. So it was like dipping your toe. It's like, I think. It's like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Exactly. And so I just went really heavily into their, to their theater program that they have over there, which they have a really great program. They have some great professors there. And so, but it was those two years that really solidified. It was like, that's This is what I'm doing. So okay. then I was ready. I was more comfortable moving forward into a, a four-year situation.
0: And uh, where did you go?
1: I went to uh, UC Irvine, okay. University of California, Irvine, um, which they also have a fantastic program. Very underrated for quite a while. And I feel like just now, within these last five years, they're starting to get recognition for the musical theater program and theater program that they have there on campus.
0: Very nice. Yeah. So um, how, how was Irvine?
1: Irvine was a whirlwind. <laughs> it was not like anything I was anticipating. It was just... It was always... You're always going. Yeah. And I think that's the, like, college experience where you're living, like, on campus. You're right there. You're in the middle of all the action. Is this and your
0: first time living away from home, too?
1: It was also my first time yeah. living away from home. And also living down in, like, Southern California, which is very different to Northern, Calif- yeah. Northern California. So yeah, it was just like a lot of late nights. It was a lot of doing multiple shows at once. It's just doing anything possible to move yourself forward in your craft okay. and finding any outlet to do that.
0: What shows and projects did you do then there? You said multiples I, at once. like what yeah, were-
1: it was so a lot of the multiple stuff is like doing scene work in class and then doing shows in the evening which is very common, but then also you get a few things where it's like all the rehearsals overlap and because you're working on a main stage project, which is like funded by the school and is directed by staff, and then you have the independent projects, which is uh, like fund by students. Yeah. And it's very much like not as a high quality production, (laughs) but in those independent projects is where we like really did more of the groundbreaking work the more stuff that we we wanted to see you
0: have more freedom and more creativity because it's not you're not bounded by what's going to sell tickets
1: exactly which and because also we weren't allowed to sell tickets it was just like oh come see
0: the show so what were some of those
1: uh so i was in uh merrily we roll along as frank which i would love to do that was that the main stage or no that was an independent project okay um, I was that's also a, in. That's an ambitious. <laughs> we we did some ambitious, ambitious ones for independent projects. We also did Rock of Ages. Okay. As an independent. Okay. And we also did Peter and the Starcatcher as okay. an independent. So those were just the the few that I was in, and then I was also part of their main stage production of Chess. Okay. And American Idiot.
0: Okay, I'm kind of confused though because what? like <laughs> if I was a main stage production mm-hmm. as a season that would bring people in mm-hmm. yeah, for a college, I would think my projects would be Peter and the star catcher <laughs> and Merrily we roll along and like getting butts and seats with like the, the, especially in Southern California with rock of ages. Yeah. I would not choose chess as the one <laughs> that would be the bankable project. And,
1: yeah. That one. And we did a, a concert version of chess, Okay, which, so we were able to have like and a pe- huge chorus of people So it
0: brings a spectacle there. And I think very rarely is chess actually done as a full production, especially in the area.
1: Right. And because the story of chess is very out there. Like, it's not... (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not as...
0: It's out there for our current day and age. Right. But the time it was written and everyone's like, oh, Bobby Fischer and, like, the the Cold War and chess, Mm -hmm. it was a hot-button issue. But it's... You gotta wonder, like, what are what are the musicals that are being written now that in a couple decades? Are That's very be, true. Like, this is this is boring. This makes no <laughs> sense to me.
1: I feel like we'll have a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you came back, mm-hmm. what did you do? When I came back, I was actually planning on staying in Southern California for a little while longer after graduation. Okay. Uh, just to like hang out, get to like say goodbye to the area, also see if I could. Potentially get work down there. And if I got work down there, then I was going to stay there longer. Uh, but right, like right as I was getting ready to graduate, I got an email from the center up casting director okay. and they needed a replacement for Mamma Mia Okay. and rehearsal started August 1st. And by this point, it was like a few months before that. And I was like, oh, um, I guess why not? So <laughs> and that wasn't that long ago, was it? That was not. So that was like, was, was that last August? Yeah, it was last August.
0: Wow. And so yeah. you just hit the ground running because since I then, <laughs> since then you've been going from show to show to show pretty much. Yeah.
1: Since then, I think the longest break I had was maybe three weeks.
0: Okay. Do you like that? Or,
1: uh, y- yes, I'm definitely ready for a break, especially coming off the, uh, off from just school where school was just going, 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 to then I was like, okay, after school, I'm going to take a break. I'm in transition. I'm going to move back to the Bay, or I might stay down here. I don't really know. And, and then, then you hop
0: into Mama Mia, which is not a small show at right? a, not at pro- all, at a professional company. <laughs>
1: exactly. So I hit the ground running with Mama Mia. We rehearsed all of August, and then we opened in September and ran for a month.
0: And then you started working at the ballet school. And, and-
1: all within that, I started working at the ballet school, uh, which was crazy and fun and amazing and i immediately started getting students too when i started working because i thought i was gonna like it was gonna be a month or two before i like really started getting a client base here
0: yeah
1: and within the first like two three months i already had like 10 students to my own okay like to myself and i was like that's insane that's crazy (laughs) um so i'm very fortunate to be working here so but that also added to the craziness of life at that time yeah and then immediately after Mamma Mia, I went into Banbury Cross, which is a fantasy forum show, which is now one of my favorites. And because <laughs> it's, it's
0: not It's, it's Brigadoon it with, uh, right. <laughs> with with Mother Goose characters. <laughs> yeah.
1: So and it's and it's not one of the traditional like Disney stories. It's is, a the fantasy audiences, forum original.
0: Yeah, audiences aren't as familiar with it, which is right. which is harder to sell, but also you, right. It's funner or funner. That doesn't. That's not a word. <laughs> It's easier to to dive into and make something right of yourself.
1: And one thing I will say about Bamberg Cross real quick is that <laughs> when I was when I was in that show, we there's a lot of audience participation with Fantasy Forum, and I was talking to children, and we were talking about like different fairy tales like not fairy tales, um, different nursery rhyme characters, and a lot of kids didn't know the nursery rhyme characters. Like the little Miss Muffet and they they know the big ones of like the three little pigs. Yeah. But a lot of the like smaller ones, a lot of kids didn't know. Yeah. And which I was like, oh, that's kinda of sad. So I like it made this story of Manbury Cross even more important because these kids kind of for the first time got to be introduced to all these characters. And so
0: it's kind of like you become the first the first experience that they're gonna have with that. And exactly. so later on when they do stumble across the stories or the nursery rhymes, which they absolutely will, they go, oh, I know that. I saw a whole show off of that. Exactly. I know Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) He's that big egg-shaped thing? Even though Humpty Dumpty, it isn't, Humpty Dumpty isn't an egg in the nursery rhyme. Yikes. Never says Humpty Dumpty is an egg. He just is sitting (laughs) on the wall, falls apart when he hits the ground.
1: Yikes. Anyways. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, so after Mamma Mia, I did Banbury Cross, and then after that, I did A Christmas Carol with Center Rep, and then that ran for a little bit, and then this was where my little break came in, and then I started with in with Matilda.
0: And that's, we just closed Matilda just close a that. short while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, who did you play in Matilda? I know that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: who didn't I play in Matilda? Um, so in... In that show, I had a track that was kind of Frankenstein together, which I think it, traditionally it's played by two or maybe three different people, my track. and But it all got Frankenstein into one track.
0: <laughs> not me. not the complete track one, two, and three, but exactly. like parts of one, parts of two, and parts of three to create this track.
1: Exactly. So I, in the show, I started out as a hippie father, and then I... am Transitioned to a student. Then I transitioned into um, the escapologist. Okay. Um, and I'm going back and forth between escapologist and student for a majority of the show. And then I'm a dancer at one point. And at the very end of the show, I'm also a Russian.
0: <laughs> so that's a that's a bunch of different characters and a lot of dis- different costume changes.
1: Lots of different costume changes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then you, um, you, once that closed... You are now in rehearsals currently for... Yes,
1: I'm currently in rehearsals for A Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown over at Town Hall Theater.
0: And that is directed by who?
1: Don Monique Williams. Okay. And she is a fantastic lady. I love her so much.
0: So I don't know much about Women on the Verge. I know that it was based off of a movie. And yes. then there were a couple of different productions. Um, mm-hmm. What Can you tell me a little bit about yeah, so it show. was
1: it was based off of a movie first of all, and then it had a, a Broadway run uh, in the early two thousands. Um, yeah, like late nineties, early two thousands, somewhere in there, with an all star cast. Like David
0: Burstein was in it. Um, Renee Scott. Laura and Benanti.
1: Um, Justin Guarini. Yeah, right? Patty LaPone. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a. So Fantastic <laughs> all star cast, but for some reason it flopped, and and I. Th- I think I know why, because I think it was like, it's a very massive story. There's a lot of different plot lines. Yeah. And so they, I never saw it (laughs) (laughs) and there's not much video footage online of that production. There's like little clips here and there, but it's very much like, I feel like they could have gone into that bigness of the story and people might have felt lost
0: because it's a farce right it's, yes it's yeah. very
1: much like along the lines of a telenovela type yeah. of setup
0: okay because farces are difficult to do on in right. the musical world I mean you, you get your that. you get your classics like Anything Goes which are right. very like slapsticky and very funny and right. then you've got the the good shows like Lucky Stiff, which are clear farces, but don't often get as much recognition as, exactly. as they should. Yes. Um, so it's a it's a difficult premise. Uh, have you seen the movie? Um, I
1: I actually did. I did. I uh, one of the castmates. She let me the Netflix DVD okay. of it, so I could watch it. Okay. Good. And it was the so the whole thing is in Spanish yeah. because it's a Spanish film, and it takes place in Madrid, and that film was crazy (laughs) it was it was very entertaining and yes there were subtitles but even with that language barrier I was still able to like understand everything that was going on yeah because the musical does stick pretty close to the plot line of the movie which I appreciate Um, but also just the -the over-the-top acting that they had because it is a farce and they were really laying into that comedy was hysterical yeah it was so funny so, yeah, the plot line of the show, like the basics is that there's one man that has all of these women in basically on the verge of a mental breakdown. That's fun. Yeah. So, it's like there's an actress that gets with this male actor and but he's been married, but that wife has been away in a mental hospital for years. Wow. Um, that, that, is... that actress. So, but the main actress, her name is Peppa. She has a friend that's a model that's dating a guy that's gonna blow up a building, and, and then oh, and then the main guy, he he has a son who's also getting married, and. There's all a bunch of stuff with that. It sounds like a
0: complex storyline, but also like a tricky story to to tell, especially in this political climate. (laughs) (laughs) About like all of these women going crazy, literally going crazy because of. It all
1: started because of this one guy.
0: So um, your um, your design team for this show it's primarily all all women, correct?
1: Director, choreographer, um, they are both women. Um, I know the production staff of town hall is all women um we ha- I think our set designer is a man okay but I think other than that I think everybody else is female our costume designer is female um and a, a lighting and sound is also female
0: yeah but um so I know that you are not a female but how I'm how, not. Does, how does <laughs> it feel like being a part of this story um surrounded by surrounded by the women whose voices really need to be heard.
1: Like how, how does it feel within that gender? It feels amazing. Yeah. And because like, and especially my character is very much there. He helps kind of like navigate through the story and yeah. help. He's kind of the one figure that is like helping the audience out. We're like, now we're onto this story. Now we're onto this plot line. Now yeah. we're moving on to this. So, my character is there to just really help these women as much as possible. Yeah. And I'm just, like, so fortunate that I get to play this type of character. And because, truly, the women in this show are, one, amazing. They're fantastic people. And they all have, like, massive amounts of talent. Yeah. So, like, just, one, just watching them perform is amazing. I love it. (laughs) And, two, the stories that they're telling are just so yeah. yes it is a farce but it's coming from such like an organic real place yeah which is w- in a way heartbreaking but also lovely and fantastic and also makes the comedy even more funny
0: Good that's sound, that sounds like you're on the right track you can't wait to see it and yeah. it opens on May and, 30th
1: Yes we start previews on May 30th and then our actual opening night is June 1st okay.
0: Well, yeah. I, I wish you the best of luck with all of that. Now this Thank is you so um, much. this is Town Hall Theater yep. is long standing company in Lafayette. Yes. And so you um, you and I met doing uh, Les Mis, uh-huh. which was at Contra Costa Music Theater based in Walnut Creek. Yes. And then um, did you do anything? Had you done theater like other than things at DVC in
1: other companies before you went off to school? Um, well, circling back around now to DBC, I actually only did one show at DBC. Yeah. Okay. I took their classes and stuff, but the, I only did Wedding Singer at DBC because okay. the rest of my time was doing stuff with CCMT or Fantasy Forum. Okay.
0: So CCMT, Fantasy Forum, which is also based in Walnut Creek. Yes. And then Center Rep, which is also based, based in, in Walnut Creek. Creek. And you, yeah. you just moved to...
1: Walnut, Walnut Creek. Yeah, but you were <laughs> you were originally living over in Antioch. Over in Antioch, which and that commute from Antioch to Walnut Creek is like a good twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah, that's that's not fun. So not um,
0: so my question is, now you're moving into you're doing a show in Lafayette. Right. As far as the Bay Area, mm-hmm. Bay Area is pretty big. It's massive. What are your hopes as as an artist who is relatively? new from new. from college and right. you've been doing working non-stop but you've been mm-hmm. working non-stop in one area right what are your what are your hopes and dreams as I, far as getting getting more work
1: right so my hopes and dreams are to expand is definitely reach out towards the other side of the tunnel because i've made a very nice home here in walnut creek and at the Lusher center and like i love them all dearly but now it's time for me to move on. Yeah, because like
0: you've, you've probably made a lot of friends and con, con, contacts and connections just right. doing a bunch of shows, but those contacts and connections are out in other areas.
1: Right. And, right, and, it, and also I'm finding too a lot of the contacts and connections that I am making from working at the Lesher Center a lot is that I'm, they're starting to overlap of like, I'm meeting the same person over and over <laughs> again, which is great because they're definitely become friends at that point, but, I'm at the point in my career and in my life where I'm young and I'm I'm ready to get out there more. So it's, I'm ready to meet new people over and over and over again. So, because I just want to be able to get my name out there because I want to work at all these different theaters because we have such amazing talent here and like, like such great, like, I feel like we have so many great companies that really delve into the artistry of theater and it's not just commercial.
0: Yeah and oh there's plenty of commercial work out there too there there is um (laughs) and chances are it pays more like like at college right (laughs) yes
1: but um yeah that's i want to be able to work with those people and and yeah and really go there are there
0: um any specific names or companies that you want that you haven't gotten the chance to work with but are like you've admired their work or
1: um I, yes, companies like 42nd Street Moon. Okay. I want to work there really badly because I, I love their premise of their seasons and how they really dealt, they like live in the golden age area and yeah. I, I love that area, that era of musical theater. So like I would love to work there, um, like a uh, Berkeley Playhouse, um, even if I'm fancy enough working at ACT, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be a dream right there. So, yeah, I just companies on the other side of the tunnel because I feel very like complacent on this side, <laughs> on the Walnut Creek side, so I'm ready to like jump into another pond. Yeah, jump into a
0: bigger pond. A and, bigger pond and see see what see what happens. Yeah. Um you are you're a non-equity performer.
1: Non-equity. Um, um but have, I am EMC.
0: Okay. Are you is that something that you hope to get your card at some point? Y-
1: yes, at some point. Not yeah. anytime soon. I, um, yes, there is an influx of people joining <laughs> the union right now and that's fantastic for them. And I am almost to my points where I can join, but I don't think it's right for me right now. Okay. Uh, because I'm not like booking enough, like leading parts type of stuff. To, and it's like, I'm still kind of trying to figure out what I'm marketable as. Okay. So, and cause I feel like now that I'm like, getting a little bit older. Like I'm not like old, but like as I'm getting a little older, I'm like, I feel like who my experiences have changed me. So that's changing who I am as a performer.
0: And um that's something that we, we, we talked about a little bit during Matilda because you were playing like fathers and older characters and that And then that... also
1: eleven year old children. Yeah. <laughs> and so
0: that's that's a pretty that's a lot to put someone through in one show. And also, right. as... I mean, you're you're a couple of years younger than me, but like right. that's something that I've noticed too, is that just the the period of a couple of months can change how people view you and right. what your type is Very just because so. of some of the things that you get to deal or yeah. the growth spurt. It's like you got <laughs> taller or you shaved your face and right. that will change how people and look. And also,
1: better. I feel like my development as an actor from before I left for UC Irvine and then after, which is, which is two years. And I feel like those two years have like, changed me so much. like I feel like I've grown so much more as a person. Yeah. And so where before, I felt like I was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to be the funny guy in the background and very much like, okay, I can get into a lot of ensembles for different shows to where now, after being down at Irvine... I can com- I feel more confident in who I am and my ability, and yeah. I feel like okay, I can be more of a contender for supporting characters, for leading characters, and now I'm getting closer to it. Like I'm more at an age where like I can be those leading characters, and yeah. I can be, and I can really hold down a show.
0: So we talked a little bit about um, about the companies that you wanted to work for, and you mentioned Forty Second Street Moon and Berkeley Playhouse, right? Um, and ACT and. Um, Uh, Moon and Berkeley Playhouse, they do primarily, they pretty much only do musicals, Mm -hmm. so do you ever want to do a straight show? Is that something that is interesting you at this point in
1: time, or is it on the back burner right now? It's definitely on the back burner, Um, just because I (laughs) really love music, and I really love (laughs) dance, and I really love uh, acting, so... That's where I'm really thriving in musicals because it's, I get to do all three of them. So I, me individually, like just as a person, I'm fulfilled in being able to dance and sing and act all at once.
0: So is it out of necessity? Is it that you, you really want to do musicals or is that, that the world is seeing you a certain way and you get cast in a certain type? So that's
1: interesting. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Because I've really only ever marketed myself as a musical theater performer. Okay. And so it is a little bit of people being like, oh, we need a replacement for a musical. Let's reach out to the <laughs> because he does
0: musicals. Yeah, your, your resume, and this is something that I've noticed, my resume is stacked against me and being in this yeah. great show just because it's been musical, musical, musical. Exactly. But that's something that I, 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 I love doing farce. I love doing Shakespeare. I love doing all of those things, but right. I'm not often viewed that way. Um, right which that that just comes with the territory but if you if you love music and if you love where you're in anyway like
1: right. why find it <laughs> exactly so that's so i am being like typed in that way but i don't mind that i'm being typed in that way because <laughs> yes. it, it it is fulfilling to me it's so much fun i mean it's that, so much fun it really is <laughs> if
0: if you could do anything else what would you do
1: like in the theater world, or in like <laughs> no, outside not theater. of that, if
0: you couldn't do theater,
1: oh gosh, <laughs> that, that, I don't know. I mean, that's as much of an answer as. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna like put me into an existential crisis <laughs> right there, because like, <laughs> I don't know. I've been, I've really only ever put like all my eggs in one basket since like first grade. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you can still make an omelette out of out of the eggs in that basket right and so it's been it's been good omelet weather yeah, it really has <laughs> it's a weird saying to saying yeah. somewhere um, so we're we're nearing our end I want to make sure that I don't um, I, I get you back so that you can teach um, Yeah, so, of course <laughs> um, I always ask my guests uh, these last two questions and the first okay. one um, can be a bit of a downer but okay what? In the Bay Area theater scene, in the Bat World, um, <laughs> do you find a little bit discouraging? What would you change?
1: Oh. Huh. That's actually kind of a hard question. I it's, feel it's it's
0: it's pretty it's pretty broad. Um, but it can it doesn't need to be that broad if there's like right. a small thing of like, I wish auditions were 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 closer or I wish that the commute was better. or I mean, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need to be broad. It could just be like a pet peeve.
1: Actually, going off of what you said, like the Bay Area <laughs> is so spread out. And <laughs> I feel like the bay area gets very like sectional, where it's like you have the section up here and the section over here and that section way off there. And you have a section that's like, An hour away from me. Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of theater that I wish that I could do. Yeah. If I was able to, like, get to the commute out there. Yeah. Where it's just, like, a lot of these places are very, very far away. For some people, it's really close to them because they live next to those theaters. Yeah. And so where it's, like, the closest theater to me when I was living in Antioch was the Lecture Center. Yeah. And so... Now that I live in Walnut Creek, uh, there's a lot of theaters that are more accessible to me. Yeah. So I just wish that the Bay Area as a whole would just kind of like squish together a little <laughs> bit more. And yeah. So I'm not, we I'm can, we not can sure, sure if that's going to happen. That won't ever happen.
0: Well, the, something that I've noticed is that the the people who do get out to multiple companies and and get all over the Bay Area are the ones right. who are used to the commute which right there there's no getting used to that commute but they they drudge through it which right. is which is a pain because it, right. it, it I, and I wish that the mass transit, was a bit more reliable and easier to get to because Bart is and
1: safer and safer
0: yeah because um, I yeah. feel like if the if it was easier and more affordable to get to all of these different places the pool of actors that would get cast in certain things would right. be spread out a little bit more exactly when I went on my honeymoon in London like the right. the underground system is so convenient and so, so reliable so fantastic it blew my mind because yeah. you could get anywhere. In in London in fifteen minutes, it was it's crazy. It was absolutely insane. Ugh. Um, and it's something that I think we can strive to
1: Bay Area. So let's let's improve. <laughs> let's, let's get let's our Im- public transit better. Let's improve that infrastructure because okay. I feel like our transit is <laughs> the worst in the
0: world. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't seen the
1: rest of the world, so there may be worse. But yeah.
0: it's... <laughs> so the flip side of that coin, yes. what encourages you about the Bay Area theater scene? What what
1: is would. Um, I will say the community, just the, like the community as a whole, I feel like, especially coming from Southern California to Northern California, Yeah. Southern California, everything first of all feels fake <laughs> and <laughs> it's also very competitive. Yeah. Everything is all about, it's like, who can I out book? And... And it's very cutthroat. And I have never been into the arts for that aspect. And because, yes, there's always a little bit of that competition. Because there's a healthy level of competition. But that was probably the biggest thing that I noticed was that coming from Southern California to here, the community up here is very nice to each other. Yeah. Which is... That is why I love theater. And it's like that... That community, that sense of community, and people just always being so encouraging to one another is just the most amazing feeling. Yeah. Because especially coming from doing productions where it's like, uh, like productions not in Northern California, it's like there's tension between people. There's hardship. There's this. There's that. A lot of negativity. Yeah. Where I haven't done a show in the Bay Area that hasn't been anything but nice like it's been like like yeah everyone is just so grateful to be there and i think that's one of the key things is that everybody's so grateful everybody's appreciative of one another and is so appreciative of the talent that they are bringing to the table and i will and i love that so much about the bay area theater community
0: It's wonderful and yeah. r- refreshing. It is. Um, so last thing, I always like to ask like a little bit of a curveball question that is tailored to, tailored to my specific guests. Okay. Um, but I feel like this curveball question requires a little bit of um, explanation. Okay. So tell me about Big Kid Rebellion. <laughs> okay. So when when we were doing uh, Matilda, the yeah. the community of adult ensemble who played kids kind mm-hmm. of became their own force so can you, <laughs> can you explain that
1: yeah so pre-show of matilda uh, our director which was jennifer perry had the adult kid ensemble go out before the show 20 minutes before curtain and we just sat on stage on our phones <laughs> and that's all we had to do it was like really simple and but our director, she approached me and she was like, hey, I think I have this, I like I have this idea of since everyone's gonna be on their actual cell phones during that moment, what if you, if we create some type of social media page that everyone can like put all their stuff on like while you we're on stage working? Um not working, on stage, just like sitting there and playing with their phones
0: in front of an audience as they start to trickle in. <laughs>
1: exactly. And she was like, you could put all that onto the social media page, and then the audience members can see it on their phones. And I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. And she was like, great. Go ahead. You can take the take the project and run. And I was okay. like, fantastic. So I created an Instagram page, and where we created it like a finsta. And what a finsta is is a friend Instagram, to where like one like, one either. There's different ways you can set it up. There's one person that is in charge of the account and then they have it for all their friends, or they have one account that is shared with multiple people and they can all post on one account.
0: And so this was a single count called? It was called Big Kid Rebellion. And everyone in the adult ensemble who was participating with their phones in the
1: pre show yes. could log into that. Exactly. Interesting. So then we were able to like post selfies and, or like post pictures of like. Other people, the other like, kids on stage, all of that stuff, like the adult kids on stage. And we just, like, goofed around, <laughs> had fun, uh, had conversations with each other. There were times where we were calling each other on stage. We were FaceTiming with one another. And you
0: had, you had, um, alter egos, right? You had personalities. Right.
1: Every, every kid had a, had a name. So, like, for example, my character name was, uh, Norbert. Okay. And there was also, uh, we had a girl named uh, Char, we had a girl named Sandy, um, another person uh, named Jojo. Yeah, so it was like a lot of like, and it was just so much fun. And each each character really had a very solid character. Yeah. And so it was a lot of just like, in a way, improv where yeah. we're just like, in our characters, just having fun with it. Because you
0: you set this up during was it the account set up during Tech Week and with, during Tech Week. Okay, during Tech Week, and then and the launched, show ran for like five weeks, yeah. and so that's a grand total of six weeks of online social right. media presence. Exactly. How many in? How many followers did you get? How many? Uh, like a hundred and twenty, I think 100? it was our. Hundred twenty, and but that's you got that after like two or three weeks, it was a, right? <laughs> it was
1: it was after our first week, we jumped from seven followers to ninety. That's insane in one weekend. So, which was insane, and the cool, the really cool thing about it was that the reason why uh, Jenny wanted us to do this was because she wanted to kind of hook the audience in with using their phones right before the show because then during the show they got this two hour message of like we're too engrossed in our phones. Yeah
0: put your phones down. So exactly like, sinking them into that in the pre-show.
1: Right. And what was really cool was that for the audience to see what we were doing on stage, they had to see it through their phone. Yeah. Because if you just looked at the stage, we're just sitting there, not doing anything fun and you just see a glow of a cell phone light on our face. Yeah. And, and a lot of us were sitting in positions where our faces weren't like directly to the audience. They were like profile or kind of sitting backwards, things like that. So we weren't really making a a face-to-face connection with the audience, but then they turn on their phone and they go to Instagram and they see that, oh, we're having full-on conversations with each other. We're taking pictures. We're laughing. We're having fun, having commentary about all different types of stuff.
0: So that's um, it's a cool way of like making it more immersive for the audience and also exactly. like, very immersive building a social media presence for yeah. uh, an additional social media presence for the production that you're working on, which is right. pretty cool.
1: Yeah, which leads
0: me to my curveball. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. So you mentioned that you did a a, a bunch of different volunteer or student projects yes. in college, and that was Peter and the Starcatcher. Rock of Ages, Ages,
1: Merrily We Roll Along. And
0: Merrily We Roll Along. So, my question is, do you have any background in social media marketing? Or are you just a child of the social
1: media? Child of the social media. Okay,
0: so I am asking you, what would you do to create a social media
1: campaign for Merrily? Specifically, your Merrily that you were in. Okay, so my <laughs> Merrily that I was in was very much like a stripped-down version of it because we wanted to just really let the story, which is already a little bit confusing because for anyone that doesn't know, the whole story goes uh, backwards in time. What? Yeah. Crazy words. <laughs> um, so it was very stripped-down, and we really just made it about the story so then people could really understand and fall in love with the story. I think it would be a social media account based on... Based on The Blob. Okay. So The Blob is at one of... It's the first big party that Frank okay. gets invited to. So these
0: are the, the, the Hollywood Big Shots, the... Exactly. Yeah, the, because
1: the Hollywood Big Shots show up in different forms throughout this story. Because if you start from the beginning of the Merrily story, like the which is the end of the show, but the yeah. beginning of the Lifetime story... He, the character of frank he just gets bigger and bigger and bigger so in the social ladder
0: so as you're moving forward in the story which is actually going backwards in the story the right. blob gets yeah, less or gets toned down or
1: uh it's it's the blob only in one specific scene but the the elements of having just the like People that are the producers, the people that were the actress in that big film and that and all the big shot stuff. Yeah. They appear in different forms where it's not always the blob, where like in another scene, it's just an an individual. And in another scene there, there's like a little tiny group of people.
0: And there's the scene that takes place at the TV, at the TV studio.
1: Exactly. So where a lot of drama goes down. But, so I feel like I would create a social media site based off of the blob. Okay. And have it be kind of from the blob's perspective of watching the trajectory of these people.
0: Like if there wasn't, uh, if merrily was set in modern day, then right. these people would all be like influencers. On their phones, influencers.
1: Like crazy. Um, or the other way I would take it would be just from a frank perspective and have the development of going from, not huge on social media, to being explosive into social media. Interesting, very yeah. cool.
0: Well, Keaton, this has been this has been a delight. Uh, the floor is yours. Um,
1: like, uh, what do you have coming up? What do you want to push? What do you want to? What do you um, want people to know about? So we already talked about Women on the Verge. Yeah. So that's opening, uh, May thirtieth for previews, um, and it runs until June twenty second over at Town Hall Theater in Lafayette. It's going to be so much fun. Um, you get to see me being a taxi driver, singing some really great music. Um, and voice lessons, piano lessons, here at the Ballet School Performing Arts over here in Walnut Creek. Okay. Um, I love teaching, and <laughs> I love everything about it, so come on my way. Um and then other than that, because after Women on the Verge, I actually don't have anything lined up right now, so which you, is...
0: So you'll probably be... Bay Area Theater World, you will probably be seeing Keaton's face at some auditions out in the Bay Area.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> the plan.
0: All right. Um, so thank you, Keaton, so much for... Thank you so much for, for having me. out this chunk of time so we could, yeah, like, chat. Of course. Um, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> and one last favor. Could you yes. say for me, I'm Batman?
1: Great. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I am Batman. Same bad time, same bad station.